Let's go uh, have a ham sandwich. Alrighty, what's happening, everybody? This is the Phil Experience Podcast. Three fourths of the guys here tonight. Chris Stacker, unable to make it, but we're rolling with Tanner, Tyre, and Max. Every, all three of us with you tonight, um, and we got a lot of topics to get to. First off, as every show we've done so far, I want to say hopefully everybody's staying safe uh, with the virus still going around, and um, you know we're going to touch on what's been happening in our country as well because this is a really important topic. I know we say every show we're a sports show, but again, we'll touch on what's been held around the country over the last few weeks. Um, and, and we're going to roll tonight with uh, some baseball talk. Um, still no agreements been in like connected here. I mean, there's just, there's no agreement, both sides throwing proposals back and forth. Players are saying no GMs owners. They're saying no. And it's just been a roller coaster of a rise from the baseball world uh, lately. We want to bring up Colin Kaepernick. Will he get a job again in the NFL, or you know, is there just be, uh, smoke and mirrors being thrown right now? You know, there's rumors going around he will come back. Pete Carroll, for his uh, Seahawks coach, said, you know, I wish I gave him a shot earlier, a few years back. Yeah, he didn't, obviously. And uh, you know, I want to touch on we're going to touch on Brandon Brooks as well and his injury and how it's going to impact the Eagles this upcoming season. And uh, a little NBA talk, and also we're going to touch on our top ten running backs ranked in order, and you know, get our opinions on. Who will we think is the best back in the league when it's all said and done? So uh, tonight, guys, I'm going to ask you guys straight off the bat here. We're going to topic number one. That's Colin Kaepernick's situation. Look, mm. you know this guy went to the Super Bowl. He was great in the past, right? Um, through for, you know, how many, I, I'm out off the top of my head. I don't know how many thousand yard or four thousand. Did he ever ever have a four thousand yard season? Um, I I, I did some Tanner work. I did some Tanner work before yeah? the show. See, because I was going to say, I didn't want to throw it out there if it's not true. So, but I know this, this guy has been a stud through the air and on the ground. And now, obviously, over the past few years, voicing his frustration, kneeling during the national anthem. And uh, now, you know, people are starting to turn heads. There's rumors going around. He's coming back. What do you guys think? So, okay, so to answer your question, I did some Tanner work before the show. Um, he's never had a 4,000-yard throwing okay. uh, throwing year. Never have. So here's the thing about Colin Kaepernick, and, and here's the thing that's interesting. That's not a bad thing. No, 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 no. That's not a bad thing. No, 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 no. It's not no, a bad that's, thing. Uh, that's, got, that's, like, yeah, that's, that's Drew Brees, that's, Tom Brady yeah. territory, but right, right, I right. understand what you're saying. Right. That's not a, it's not a bad thing, but, you know, so let me bring up some of these um, career stats first, first off. So he's thrown 12,271 total yards over the course of his career, has a 59.8 completion percentage, which is borderline average, 72 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. Now, do I think that the NFL has blackballed him, for lack of a better term? Yes, I I do believe that they have um, with what he stood for, and we discussed that last week. However, I will say this as well. I still remember that last year, albeit under probably one of the worst head coaches to ever grace the NFL field, that being Chip Kelly. I don't care what nobody says. Chip Kelly stinks. All right. You cannot convince me otherwise. Just look at how UCLA did last year. All right. He straight up is trash as a head coach. You cannot question that. Was that like a wise ass comment? I don't care, Chip. So anyway, look. So with all that being said, do I think he's better than some of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL currently? Um, yeah, you can make an argument for it. Um, is he, would he be the best backup in the NFL? Oh, yes, absolutely. So I do think there is a spot for him in the NFL. See, let me put you on the spot right now. Who is Kaepernick uh, better than starter in this league? 
which starter is Colin Kaepernick better? All right. Wow, you did put me on the spot. All right, so you can make the argument for Gardner Minshew. You can make that argument right off the bat. Um, he could easily start for the Indianapolis Colts right now. They just got Phillip Rivers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's interesting, you know what, though, because I'll dive into that point. as can, well. I'll dive into that when it's my okay. turn He can start. You, me and you discussed this back and forth in our group chat. The Los Angeles Chargers is also an option for him. Actually, they're the biggest option for him right now. Um, there's a couple of teams out there um, that I can't think of off the top of my head right now. But the Bears, no, the Bears, he can enter that competition with Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles and probably give them a run for their money. Mm-hmm. I do agree with that one wholeheartedly, T. And uh, I think it remains to be seen here if he will get an opportunity. I mean, li- listen. Back, we're not, we're talking starter here in this conversation, and we're not even bringing up the backup situation. I mean, this guy could be a, could be a backup quarterback for what every team you could argue in, in this league, which is yeah. pretty crazy to think about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we got to be realistic here. Um, uh, as far as him being a starter, you know, there's always a possibility, but him not having played in an NFL game in a couple years, mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure if he's training at an NFL quarterback level right now currently. Right. Good point. Um, but I do think he deserves a chance. That's no out to me. He, he deserves a chance to return and at least show us what he's still got left. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did see um, something um, on the Internet that linked the Eagles to Colin Kaepernick. And as far it's as ridiculous. that goes, I'm not, um, I'm not in agreement with that. Uh, that, w- that just wouldn't make sense to me after drafting Jalen Hurts, which no. was already a surprise. What? Um, and the quarterback uh, depth that we have already on this team, it, it just wouldn't make sense to get Colin Kaepernick if this guy wants a chance to start in the NFL. I don't think the Eagles would be a, a team that he would choose to go to. No. However, it you know if he, he's going to take any uh, any chance he gets to be on the field, so it's really up to him. Um, however, T did mention the Chargers, and that's one team – that I really thought of right away um, to be a good fit for him because, mm-hmm. uh, one, recently they lost uh, Philip Rivers. T mentioned the Colts. Philip Rivers is now the new quarterback for the Colts. Um, and they drafted – they did draft – Herbert. Back sixth overall. Mm-hmm. Herbert, who, in my opinion, uh, I think that was early for him to be drafted. Very early. Uh, there's a few other quarterbacks that I believe that are better than him. But Justin Herbert um, – I don't think he's going to start right away, but who knows? It's it's the Chargers. Um, they're practically – they're a new team. They got one of the best wide receivers in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows what they'll do with that. But then I started looking into more of the depth of the Chargers at quarterback, and they do have Tyrod Taylor, who easily – uh, could be a starting quarterback still. We mm. saw it with the Browns until he got, I believe it was a concussion. Yes. For which uh, mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield took over then, and then he was traded, or I think he was a free agent, and the Chargers picked him up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have a familiar name in East Stick. Mm-hmm. Um, the Chargers drafted him a pick before us a couple mm-hmm. drafts ago. Um, teammates of Carson Wentz, I believe. Yes. Um, now, Tyrod Taylor would give Colin Kaepernick some competition, but I do think Colin Kaepernick 
would get the bubble above Justin Herbert. And we would see how he would do in preseason. At least Kaepernick would be uh, competing for the second spot in the NFL or in the um, the quarterback uh, position. But we know in the NFL how injuries happen. And Colin Kaepernick could be a starter week five, for all we know, for the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Um, another team could be the Steelers. Um, they have an option. aging Ben Roethlisberger. He's 38 years old. Um, you know, that's not the oldest we've seen, obviously. Tom right. Brady's out there. Yep. but And Drew Brees and other quarterbacks. Correct. But uh, Ben Roethlisberger is getting over an elbow injury. Um, he just doesn't look the same. He does look aging, unlike Tom Brady. <laughs> but Ben Roethlisberger, uh, it, it could possibly be, be his last uh, season in the NFL as a player. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, over the past uh, season, we've seen that the um, the quarterback depth on the on the team is just not reliable with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. No. It was a carousel uh, the entire they, year. Uh, neither quarterback seems to be taken over as QB1 anytime soon. Um, and Cap could go in there uh, behind Ben Roethlisberger, um, could learn a few more things um, and, you know, um, knock off the dust. Uh, he, he'd start in preseason. If there's even a preseason, this might affect everything. If there's no preseason, uh, we won't be able to tell how players – are going to play. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's all, it's all a mess, but Colin Kaepernick could go in this season as a, a QB two. And then if the Steelers want to keep him around, he could be, uh, if they like what they saw, he could be QB one for the Steelers next season. I'm going to mention one more team before you get started, Max. And this is going to yeah. come as a surprise to a couple of people, but with the situation that's going on currently now, I also wouldn't be surprised if the Dallas Cowboys kicked the tires either. Because that situation, their quarterback situation with Dak Prescott is ever-changing. They got too much going on over there in Dallas. They got, uh, you know, Dandy Andy over there now. <laughs> I don't know if that's likely. Yeah, but Andy, let's be honest here. Andy Dalton, let, let, let's be honest here. Jerry, listen, man, I agree. I think that, they didn't give Dak that contract yet. Nope. So, listen. And Jerry loves surprises. There. Always remember that. Jerry loves his surprises. I want Mason sure. Glory Hope. Attention is uh, one of Jerry's favorite things, right? Yes. What's the storyline? But, Tanner, I think you bring up two uh, really great points there. Um, first, starting off with the Colts. That was probably my team um, when we brought this topic up that I was thinking about. Um, but I don't think it would work uh, once I started to dive deeper into the you know discussion here because of the fact they signed Phillip Rivers to just a one-year contract. So if he were to come in this season, he probably wouldn't get the starting job. I feel like they want to just hand the, the ball to Rivers have him go for the one season but the point i really like tanner that he made um about the steelers was you could definitely make the argument that if you have colin kaepernick at uh you know running that show uh, down the stretch for the steelers last season instead of hodges um and mason Rudolph, you could argue they would have made the playoffs right i mean they just didn't have enough quarterback or not a good enough quarterback play uh to score points you know that their defense was pretty solid they just couldn't score points um the last few games this season they ended up losing uh, a few so um, it's tough from that standpoint there. But listen, the one thing that sticks out about this situation is uh, what is Colin Kaepernick's talent level at this moment in time? Does he still have the NFL-like talent? Does he still have the cannon for an arm? That's all things that we don't know. Um, and again, uh, didn't he have uh, a workout 
back, I, I want to say, man, it must have been months now, maybe even a year. Um, he wanted to have his own camera crew there. I think, I think he wanted to, yep. that whole long story short here, he wanted to have more people. He could have had the opportunity of more uh, scouts coming out had he done it a different way. But because he did it his own way, he had less scouts show out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, he obviously hasn't been signed since. But I think if he really uh, gets the opportunity here and, and somebody, uh, even, maybe even a few teams, start bidding for him and, and you know he can land with the team as a backup role at least for this upcoming season because I don't think he'll be a starter, um, especially because people want to see uh, his reps in preseason and things like that. What he has in the tank. He's still pretty relatively young. But, um, you know, he definitely – uh, deserves the opportunity, in my opinion, um, because listen, guys like Duck Hodges, I think, uh, you know, he's shown what he was worth last season. And Kaepernick, I mean, at least give the guy a shot, right? I mean, that if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But if you're a GM sitting there, you know, and, and listen, as an Eagles fan here, if you have Kaepernick in there last season instead of McCown, do the Eagles win that playoff game? You know, that's just uh, that's a question that will always be in our minds that's a good question. Uh, for foreseeable future. That's a good question. Um, I'm not going to question um, McCown's toughness in that game, but that's a, that's definitely an excellent question. But in terms of me taking him now, it, it wouldn't make any sense. It makes just as much sense as us drafting Jalen Hurts, unfortunately, uh, yeah. to bring him to Philadelphia. But like I said, there are teams out there, and I think that it is ridiculous that he hasn't been signed up to this point. Now, you can argue with me that, you know, the stats, you can look up the stats, the stats that I just you know, talked about, and you can make the argument that, no, he doesn't deserve, you know, to have a roster spot in the NFL due to these numbers, and he did not have the best year um, his last year under Chip Kelly. He was overthrowing, you know, wide-open wide receivers, you know, he was short some balls, and, you know, he, he mightily struggled that last year, make no argument about that, but you also can't take away from the fact that this guy is a dual-threat quarterback who presents the threat against the defense to run the football, in addition to the fact that you also can't take away that he did take that 49ers team to the Super Bowl in 2013 against the Baltimore Ravens. Here's the thing I think works in his favor, right? People have already come out. Players, coaches already said they're coming out and they're going to kneel. I'll name two off the bat. Kyler Murray and Bill O'Brien both Mm -hmm. already said, listen, this upcoming season we're going to kneel. The reason Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job, or at least you know didn't have a job previously, and the reason he's out of the league, because he knew mm-hmm. the fact that he has, you know, people backing him, right? He has other NFL players. Kyler Murray's not getting cut. That's just a fact. No matter what, if he kneels, they're not going to cut him, right? No. That's a fact. He's got that in his corner now because if he comes back into the league, he's not going to be, you know, the cameras won't be all pointed at him. Mm-hmm. They'll be pointed at everybody here. And the, and now that, you know, more people are coming together in the NFL, Roger Goodell comes out last week, says he understands what's going on in our country, and he thinks that, you know, Kaepernick deserves a second chance in the league. Um, I think that works in his favor well, but it's going to remain to be seen um, if he gets the opportunity. And, and uh, we, you know, we'll keep everybody updated in a few weeks. I'm sure everybody has their own social media that they'll be following. Um, but it's definitely. definitely an interesting situation. And uh, if he does come back and get an opportunity, um, that's a big-time headline, and it'll be fun to watch. Oh, I want to transition into our next topic here. I want to talk about some baseball. Uh, mm. Listen, there's been no agreement, right? There's been proposals. That's the key word we've been using over the last few weeks, proposals back and forth. What, in your opinion, Tanner, I'll start with you if you want to go first. What has been the main reason why we haven't gotten the ball rolling here? Is it just money? Is is the money the only factor here? Um, Contract disputes, things like that. Money is one. Money is one of the factors. And the other factor is definitely health. Um, These players just don't feel confident enough that their health will be uh, safe during the season. Um. And also, there's players that you know don't want to miss the birth of their children, 
that uh, because they'll have to stay in a hotel room uh, mm-hmm. when they're not playing in the games. There's a lot of things that are going on um, uh, for these players to decide if they want to play. And this is baseball's a long season. And even though the season's going to get cut, it's still going to be, I believe the latest number was 65 to 70 games. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, you know, back and forth. And I think they just need to make a decision soon if they're playing or not. It looks like it would just be better if they just didn't play. Uh, some players are greedy. Uh, some owners are greedy. There's a lot going into this. And uh, I think it's easy to point your finger at uh, any any side, really. But um, what, what I think is they just need to make a decision soon. Yeah, I agree. Hey, you want to go? So here's the, the biggest thing, in my opinion, that I think it, the, it's the, the biggest thing is money. That's ultimately the biggest thing that's stopping baseball from happening. And it's a shame because, you know, one of the biggest things, if you guys remember, was that baseball was losing fans due to the fact that it was a slow-paced game. There wasn't really a whole lot of action. You know, you would when we would watch baseball games, we would talk about, you know, off-air, off you know, people being on their phones and whatnot, and the baseball flying right by their faces like they're not really going to a baseball game to watch baseball anymore so the interest of the sport is already going down as is with the pandemic happening and the baseball owners and the players not being able to come to an agreement it really doesn't help the game of baseball at all it just makes matters that much more worse we always talk about you know the four major sports being football basketball um baseball and hockey well, I think hockey now takes that number three spot, especially with everything that's going on with owners getting rid of minor league teams because they don't want to pay players, what, $100,000, $200,000 a year. And on top of that, you don't want to necessarily pay your players the full amount of money that you said that you was going to pay them, which, by the way, in the game of baseball, there's no cap. So every part of that contract is owed to that player somehow, some way, regardless of what's going on. So, look, you pay the players based off of what you sign them for. And it's and it's as simple as that. And I don't blame the players for wanting a full amount of money. And I also don't blame the players for not wanting to go out there and put their lives on the line. Because like Tanner said, yes, a lot of these players are now, you know, they're having children. They're going to come back with weak backs, but we that's besides the point. We ain't talking about that right <laughs> now. always on your back. All I'm going to say is this. Like, I, I, I agree with the players. I agree with the players that, you know, their safety is at risk, you know, outside of the fact that, you know, they have young families and they're going to be separated from their families for a certain amount of time. But their safety is on the line every single time they go out there and they're next to their teammates or they're next to somebody else. You know, even if you do keep them in a secluded bubble like they talked about in Las Vegas. And that's another thing, too. Who wants to be trapped in one spot for a long period of time? And that's the only and that's the only place you can go. You can't go no place else. You can't Sorry, travel nowhere. Really like, they're playing the sport that they love and they're getting paid for it. That's true. They are playing the sport that they love and that they're getting paid for. But at the same time, you also have to think about, you know, you're they're a family person. You're you're right. You're a human being. You have a family that you want to see, that you want to nurture, and that you want to protect. Right. So I I completely understand. But it's a shame that the owners aren't in any kind of way, trying to help the players out. That's the part that irritates me the most about this entire thing. The owners have refused to move from their stance. And it's like, you guys, 
are sitting on millions and millions of dollars. You've basically destroyed a lot of young careers that didn't even get off the get off the ground based off of your greediness. So I don't feel sorry for the owners. And it's a shame that the owners, I think, are going to destroy the game of baseball. So you make all great points, and I do agree with you off the bat. If, uh, money is the biggest issue, in my opinion. Um, you know, the players, when they sign the contract, and this is what they have in their favor, right? When they sign the contract, all the money is fully guaranteed in baseball. Football is a different story. You know, you can be cut at any time, right? Um, so I understand where the players are coming from. They sign the contract. They deserve to get fully paid. Uh, the problem is they can't decide on the games amount uh, as far as how many games are going to be played in the season. I think the players – want more games. You know, they want to play, I think, 80, as, basically as many as they can. Mm-hmm. The owners, I understand what their point is. They're not playing a full 162. Why am I paying this guy a full season worth when he's only playing half a season? But the contract so is guaranteed. Here. Yep. Here's the bottom line, though. The owners are billionaires. The players you. are millionaires. The owners are the ones paying the players. So the owners are always going to win in every situation. But what the players can do is basically not. They, they just won't play. Um, obviously, as baseball fans, we all want to see, you know, baseball play. At least I do. Um, and listen, we got guys coming out, Ronald Acuna Jr. and Bryce Harper, just to name two right off the bat. They already said we'll play wherever um, and we just want to play. You know, that's the bottom line for them. Um, so it was just a frustrating situation going back and forth. And yeah, I mean, listen to you, like you said, the owners are ruining the game here because one, baseball is losing money every day. Yep. You know, but it's, a, it's every business is people are in it to make money. Mm-hmm. And um, the longer this goes on, you know, we're almost into July almost now and uh, you know, the longer this drags out, uh, the more likely there won't be baseball played this year. Um, for And for me, being baseball being my number one favorite sport, um, it's, it sucks. You know, no one wants to see this happen. Um, not that the Phillies – and listen, we know the Phillies, they're probably not one of the better teams in the league. But just to see them out there um, and competing, you know, we're going to miss it this season. And, Tanner, I do agree. I, 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 the longer this goes on, and, and as of right now, if I had to guess, um, we probably won't have a baseball season just because they can't come to terms. And I think that the, the longer it drags out, probably won't see baseball play this year. I just think they have to come to some sort of agreement, whether that be, okay, we'll pay you the full salary mm-hmm. um, from an owner standpoint. We'll pay you the players the full salary, but what do the owners get in return? You know, mm-hmm. that has to be, um, you know, managed out there. And from a player standpoint, listen, we won't take full pay, but they need something in return. You know, it's just, it's really tough and money at this point, especially given the fact that we have the pandemic going around right, right. Now. Money could be an important factor, even with all the money these, these players already have. So we know um, it's hard. It could be a big deciding factor in um, you know, what's to come down the road. Um, I want to transition now to the next topic here. Well, well hold on, on Brandon. before you do oh, that, sorry, I just Tanner. want to go more in depth. Uh, and it's something that uh, not a lot of people are talking about is that the Astros uh, received a suspension uh, the GM and the coach, mm-hmm. and this yep. is still going to be counting. This is still counted. Uh, there's, if really? there's no season, uh, their suspension still counts. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just crazy to me that they can go and go ahead and play next season just like everyone else. Really? Um, they're, you know, they're not playing just like anyone else. So basically everyone's suspended, and their punishment will be no. – it, it'll be wow. served. Yeah, do you think this punishment now, I know we, we, we both agree that, you know, that shouldn't be the ruling. There should be a different ruling yeah. and guideline involved. Now, listen, 
when the players and, and owners can't come to agreement here in this situation, there's no written right, rules and regulations where it's like, okay, this is what happens if a pandemic happens. You know, that that's just the, the fact of the matter. There isn't any writing in the contract yeah. that says it. Yeah, you happen. can't predict anything like this. Exactly. But from, from the Astros standpoint now, like, I know the players, you know, were a part of this. Too. It wasn't just the GM. It wasn't yeah. just the manager. But the players didn't get punished. Do you think that, you know, there'll be a change of heart as far as okay if there's no season will these will this manager agent Hensley Estra still be back like because in my opinion if you cheat that badly and you willingly do it and knowingly do it you know you shouldn't you shouldn't just come back after one season you should probably be out of the league longer there's no punishment exactly I mean you could you should probably be out of there you could argue your whole career I mean how are you just going to willingly treat the fact on top of that they won the World Series I mean it wasn't it wasn't like they were a horrible team there's a lot of players that have done less and have been, you know, kicked out of the league entirely. Yep. Um, I just think there needs to be some other way. This, this needs to be figured out. Now the draft came around and they didn't have their draft pick. Right. Um, and that was a little bit of a punishment, but, but how big they, of a punishment would it be? Because let's be honest here, not saying that the draft picks are all, you know, they, they all, you know, work out, which sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But in right. baseball, draft picks really aren't that big of a deal right. as compared to the At NFL least and not NBA. in the beginning. Right, you know, exactly. Down the road years. Exactly. It Farm takes, system is important. Exactly, exactly. It takes years for that player to develop. So you're really not going to feel the impact of a draft pick missing until years down the line. We're talking about, you know, the Astros not receiving any kind of punishment. Even during this pandemic. Like, that's absolutely ridiculous. The funny thing ridiculous. is, to, just to, sorry to cut you off, but the funny thing is, yeah, we want the farm systems as far as I'm talking from a team standpoint. They would want the farm systems because, you know, they want younger talent. The problem is that doesn't really hurt the Astros, you know, because they have young players in already. And not just one or two. They have, you know, Springer, Altuve, Bregman, you know, Correa. Those guys are all young and still upcoming. Yep. So it's not really going to hurt them for years to come. By that point, when these guys, as far as Altuve and the players go, when they're 30, 31, 32, by that point, the punishment will be gone, and they get the draft. Bunch of low life, and the cycle yeah. starts all over again. Yeah, this this affects a lot of different things. Like, will Mookie Betts even play on the Dodgers? Mm. Um, uh, JT Realmuto's contract is up after this season. Yes, it is. Um, this is going to affect a lot of things. It's going to this baseball is going to be very confusing. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, JT Romito, somebody we should have already locked up, in my opinion. Yeah, Still out there. And now now we're going to go into a bidding war for him, and we're going to have to pay him a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah, you know, well, you just, he, he deserves oh, 100%, uh, he does. all the money that he wants. No it's doubt. Just, I don't know why it came this far. The best catcher in baseball in his prime. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Looking back, we were all sitting in class when, when we got him on, on trade day. Yep. And uh, now flash, fast forward to where we are now. I didn't. I thought he was going to be a really good player. I knew he was talented, but to, to have the season he did last year was just incredible. I mean, no one should run on this guy. I mean, he literally threw so many runners out, and it just sucks. Now we're going to have to go. Hopefully, uh, get him back. You know, at, at the end of the day, you know, at this point, we'll pay him what, whatever he wants. You have no choice at this point. GM. But yeah, we're. I mean, it's it's going to be it's going to be hard harder to keep him now in the future. It is. Um, so I want to transition now. Let's let's touch on Brandon Brooks here. T. I'll start with you on this one. <sighs> Um, obviously, anytime you lose a key player on your football team, um, is big. It's going to be a big loss. But the fact that you know we need to protect Wentz this season, Brandon Brooks, you can argue him or Lane Johnson, our best lineman on the team. 
um, and to lose him not just for a game or two, but for the full season. Oh, um, no! Can the Eagles recover from this and still be a contender this season? Yes, they can. Yes, they can. And the solution is closer than I think a lot of people realize. And I'm probably going to catch a lot of flack for this. But since during this pandemic, I have nothing else to do but to work and watch tape. So immediately, as soon as Brandon Brooks got hurt, I'm like, all right, time to hit the tape. I got to see who's out in their free agency. I got to hit the tape. Who on this Who on this team currently can replace oh, Brandon Brooks? Let, let's be honest here. <laughs> There's nobody who can replace Brandon Brooks. Let me get that straight right now. There is nobody. All right, Brandon Brooks is probably arguably the best guard in the NFL. And that's going to be a heck of a spot to, to replace, a heck of a person to replace. But I think I might have found somebody on the roster. And oh, listen, nah. don't, don't do that, guys. Don't do that. Hear me out. Hear me out. Don't say Matt Pryor. Let me tell you something. And Let me tell you something. Dangerous. Don't listen. Don't disrespect Matt Pryor, okay? Don't disrespect him. All right? He's better than what you think he is. He's better than what you're giving him credit for. I'm telling you that right now, okay? There was a game um, late in the season I was watching. I forget who they were going up against, but Matt Pryor has stepped in for Brandon Brooks. And let me tell you something about offensive linemen. For people that don't watch film and that are just casual football watchers, if you don't notice a lineman, that's good. That means he's doing his job. Okay? You nobody nobody fussed and complained about Matt Pryor anytime during the course of the season. We fussed about Halabulavati Vitae, but we Jason didn't Peters. Yes. We yep. didn't but we did not fuss about Matt Pryor. Anytime he came into the game, that's good. Because when it comes to average linemen, there's only two ways you're going to see them. Either when they're doing really good or they're doing really bad. And you don't want to see them when they're really bad. <clears throat> Vitae. Anyway, like I was saying before, Matt Pryor, I think, will slide in nicely. He's not going to wow you with the things that he do. But he can play in space. He's a big body at 6'7", 335 pounds. Okay, he can anchor down. He has good hands. He has good feet. And I think the chemistry between him and Kelsey is very, it's, it's, it was evident and it's very important, especially on those stunts, because that's exactly what's going to happen should the NFL have a season. They're going to attack that gap each and every single time. They're going to attack Matt Pryor. They're going to put their best interior lineman each and every single play against Matt Pryor. And I think he's going to be able to hold his own. He has the size. Like I said, he has the strength. He has the hands. He has the feet. And he has the intelligence. And the chemistry is there between Kelsey and Johnson. So I think Matt Pryor will be the perfect person to to slide in for Brandon Brooks. All right, Tanner, I'll I'll toss it over to you for the counter here. (laughs) All right. See, you went there. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. I won't completely disagree with you because I I don't want to be proven wrong (laughs) this season or so. But aside from internal options like Matt Pryor, uh, whom I don't think uh, will successfully take over for Brandon Brooks, and I'll be happy if I'm wrong, like I I said. Uh, There's also Jack uh, Driscoll. He's a rookie. Mm -hmm. Uh, who Holmer, missed, yep, he's missing all the training and the practices that he needs and that's uh, a big for thing. his switch over to the NFL, so mm-hmm. he's not an option. Um, he has a lot to learn, and it would be ridiculous to think that he could go in there and take over for Brooks. Especially mm-hmm. playing tackle his whole career in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
an option that I saw in free agency. Um, I, I saw a little bit talk of it, but not as much as I would expect from uh, seeing what happened is Laurie Warford, or Larry Warford, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, from the Saints. Um, he was dropped uh, by the Saints, not because of play, but uh, for money reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he, he just turned 29. Today's his birthday, actually. Mm-hmm. So happy birthday to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a three-time Pro Bowler. And those uh, Pro Bowls were the last three seasons. Uh, he's no Brandon Brooks, but he'd be a really nice uh, uh, person to fix that fix that hole at right guard. Um, but I think a better option, mm. uh, which is this this is too good to be true. Um, Joe Thunny from huh. the Patriots. Huh. To me, it wouldn't make as much sense. What? Uh, he, he's, a, he's 27 years old. Um, he's a two-time Super Bowl champion. I know that's not saying a lot because he was on the Patriots, the best team in history. Um, but you know, the Patriots, they franchise-tagged him, um, and they'll have to pay him 14, around $14.8 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, Unless they get rid of him by July, I think July 15th. Yeah, I'll check on that. Yeah, July 15th. Um, but my thing is, is it even worth getting a player like him? Um, you know, we have to trade either picks or a player, and then for Brooks to come back the next season, now you have um, a good amount of players in that in depth for guard. And I don't know. Uh, if, and I don't know if you remember. Not to cut you off, but I don't know if you remember. But we did resign Brandon Brooks to a nice, fat five-year extension this right. last season. Yeah. So it doesn't make so, sense to trade for that. So then you player. have a, a 27-year-old guard, uh, which would seemingly be maybe in his pr- yeah in his prime. Mm-hmm. Um, then what would you do with him? You let him walk the next year after what you gave up for him. So I think the more reasonable option would be Larry Warford. Uh, he's a free agent right now, and I think, uh, you know, pull the trigger on him, have him come in, fill in. He'd go right in there and start right away, uh, yep. fill in for Brooks. And this Brooks injury is just, oh. it hurts us. It hurt. It hurt my stomach when I, saw, when I saw that. Brandon Brooks, a player who he was actually, he got injured against the Saints in the playoffs a couple oh. of years ago. Uh, he had anxiety problems. Right. Uh, last year, which is something that he's working on. I watched Hard Knocks, and that really went into um, in-depth of what he's dealing with. Uh, He's a good guy. He's a great player. Uh, Pro Bowl guard. Uh, It's really going to hurt our team moving forward, especially considering we have a second-year running back and Carson Wentz back in. Fragile Carson Wentz back in there. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Tanner, I agree with what you're saying here. I think uh, Larry Warford would be a good addition to this team. Yeah, I that's ludicrous. With with what's happening right now, um, just you need guys with the with the pandemic. Like I said, I would love to see Matt Pryor step up. You know, without paying a dime for Warford and then letting letting Pryor take over. Um, but again, uh, right now when you can't train with a team, you need that chemistry, right? I don't know. I don't know if you can just plug Matt Pryor in there, not have him work. That's uh, going to be 
a shortened preseason probably coming into to counter. Okay, to count to counter what you're saying. Okay, to counter what you're saying. Okay, you guys are talking about bringing in an outside guard, Larry Warford, and the difference between Warford and Matt Pryor is you just talked about it. It's chemistry. The thing about it is Matt Pryor's work, been working with those guys. He knows the system. He knows the plays. He knows where he's supposed to be. He knows what his assignment is on each and every single play. The difference is when you bring in an outside player, especially during times like this, it makes it, first off, it's already difficult to have to learn a new system. Yeah. Regardless of a, in a, in a normal offseason. This is an abnormal offseason. This is abnormal right. times that we're living in. You're, you're talking about bringing in, don't get me wrong, the guards you're suggesting are excellent guards. By no stretch of the imagination am I arguing that. But in this situation, I, it's best to look internally within the locker room. That's all I, I'm saying. I definitely chemistry wise, and I and and Tanner and Tanner definitely made good points too. You know, Warford only being 29 years old, he is going to command you know a little bit of money. Uh, but we have some. We have money on at least. You know, I'm not saying we have the most cap space in the league but we definitely have uh a ca- enough cap space yeah. i believe let's uh, do to something give him to, yeah exactly to do something to add a player um mm-hmm. and, and plug him in at the left guard or right guard excuse yeah. me brandon brooks right guard but another option i want to add real quick tanner i'll let you i'll let you add on is uh do we bring back jason peters it. i knew exactly <laughs> what i was gonna bring up next <laughs> Do we bring back Jason Peters? <laughs> I brought up uh, Jack Driscoll, a tackle. Quit yucking my yum. And yeah. that was unlikely to me. And I feel like Jason Peters would be even more unlikely to fill up. I that do. Agree. We know it's hard. I don't think you go from playing, you know, left tackle for what thirteen years in the league, yeah. and all of a sudden you play, you're playing right guard. You know, it's just too much moving around. But yeah. it is something to think about. You know, the, the idea has been thrown out there. I don't think he it, didn't bring this up. <laughs> I don't think it's the right idea. But, uh, Especially the way you bash Jason Peters. Bunch of low lifes. <laughs> I'll tell you what, this is the cool thing about having a t- sports talk show. You know, you can throw different opinions out there. So, um, T, listen, Pryor stepping in at right tackle, and then you have Sayamalo, or excuse me, at right guard, and you have Sayamalo at left guard, and then you mm-hmm. have a question mark with Andre Dillard at left tackle. All of a sudden, this O line isn't looking like, you know, the most dominant O line in the league like yeah. it just did about two years ago. You're you're strongly relying on Andre Dillard's development and his ability to be able to man that left tackle position. And then there's going to be times where Andre Dillard's going to be tasked with being alone on an island against some of the best pass rushers in the NFL. You only hope and pray that he can hold up. Because like I said before, I can't, I can't <laughs> on that right he's now. going to be I on mean, an island. In my opinion, I can't bank on Andre Dillard having to face Khalil Mack, having to face Demarcus Lawrence, he twice did a year, having to face Chase Young twice a year. He did I pretty good. He did pretty good against Khalil Mack and Leonard Floyd when we played the Bears. When the Eagles played the Bears, he did. Now he he's did got decent. D Law twice a year. He's got to face yeah. Chase Young twice a year. Yeah, that's so. now that's where the test is going to really come in. Yeah, yeah, that kid's gonna. That's good. That kid's got a heck of a learning curve. But I think I personally rather have my boy Jason Peters out there on the your island, boy, even at this age. <laughs> The way because you disrespected him. <laughs> you walk into the room. Bunch of low there isn't too many rooms you walk into where Jason Peters isn't the biggest guy in the room. You know what Cement I mean? Cement Peters. <laughs> That's the thing. That's the thing. He, he doesn't have the agility anymore to move side to side. But, you know, at this point, you just throw him out there and hope for the best. I don't think Dillard at this moment, at this moment in time, I, th- I still think he, he may need another year. 
to uh, to get some experience and just learn and get bigger and stronger. That's Jason the thing, Kelsey though. came out a few weeks ago and he said one thing that he didn't like. Well, not he didn't use that exact words, but one thing that in, in, in the way I'm saying it is the one thing he didn't like that he saw from Dillard was the fact that he wasn't big enough. You know, he just get bull rushed right. and pushed back. So hopefully, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him work out. I haven't seen. Obviously, no one has. But hopefully, he bulked up during this quarantine. And uh, you know, has, yeah, he's a good pass blocker. He just needs to be able to uh, to be a good run blocker. I think, yeah, that that was the biggest thing that I said with Andre Dillard when the Eagles first drafted him was the simple fact that I think he needed to bulk up, and it was yeah. good for him to learn. You know, uh, sitting behind Jason Peters at least for a year. But you're talking about sitting him again for another year, and I'm sorry, like I invested a first round draft pick into this man. Like, I, yeah. there's no yes. more waiting yes. for him. Don't want to look stupid, too. I, I understand you don't want to look stupid, but it's sink or swim for this kid. Either he can play or he can't, and it's as simple as that. And if he can't, guess what? That's going to be on Howie Roseman. You're going to get your quarterbacks, plural, killed, because Carson Wentz is going to get hurt, God forbid, and then Jalen Hurts is going to have to play. And now we're going to start a quarterback controversy. I think, and that's another topic now, uh, Howie Roseman. One name we haven't really talked about a lot on the show recently and he's done some questionable moves. And and it's I'll for a reason, what. Max. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he's, and listen, if this Andre Dillard pick doesn't work out, I'll tell you right now, I think Howard Roseman is some serious hot water. Oh, he is. You invested a first-round pick in, a, in, a, in your future left tackle. I mean, there was talent on that board in that first round back a well, couple drafts ago. I'll tell you what. What will save Howie Roseman is uh, this is recent news, but Jamal mm-hmm. Adams wants out. Uh, of New York, uh, and uh, if Howie's some some for somehow figured out a way to get Jamal Adams over here, yep. uh, that'd benefit us because Jalen Mills uh, switching over to safety, mm. uh, not being able to have the practice and the training that he needs to switch over to a different position. If Jamal Adams somehow ends up, it, we're one of the five teams that he named yes. that he would yes. like to go to. Um, that would be. You know, Howie Roseman would be back on the uh, the good pages of the newspaper. Hey, Howie. Hey, Howie. Adam is another blank see. check player. You know, yeah. here, take my check. Take my checkbook. <laughs> write in whatever dollar amount you want. I mean, you get that guy on your team. And that's player, what he wants. He's saying, yes. Tanner, he's saying he wants yeah. that contract. He's still got a year or two left on his rookie deal, but mm-hmm. he wants that mega deal. And he's not waiting any longer. That's why he wants out of New York. And I'm saying, hey, man, yeah. this guy the is the best safety so in the league. closely compared to – to Dawkins, what mm-hmm. what more of a fit would it be to go to the Eagles? I tell and you, then you don't have that headache. You don't have to think, oh man, yeah. I pray to God Jalen Mills. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> he's just back there. He's young, still twenty four years old, I believe. Yeah. And now, uh, yeah, well, we did mention how the Cowboys didn't pay Dak, and another team on that list, I believe, was the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And yes, they are. Uh, the the Cowboys hold off paying Dak Prescott. Will they use that money to pay Jamal Adams? And how much of a headache would that be for Jamal yep. Adams to be on the Cowboys? Oh my gosh! First off, Here's if the, that happens, ahead, that. if yeah. that happens, just straight what up. What the hell is going on? That's going to be my reaction, especially if they pay him. Like seriously, like you're going to value a safety over a quarterback? Which, mind you. This quarterback, Dak Prescott, though I'll be it, average quarterback, average to above average quarterback, but once again, he's brought you success, consistent success, and currently, and I don't understand that. I don't. If you trade, took, if the Cowboys trade, words right out of my mouth, right there, because <laughs> here's the thing: that another scenario you guys may have not thought of. I'm hearing rumors that because Dallas drafted CD Lamb in the first round, 
they could take that $100 million contract of Amari Cooper, trade him. They could get Dak and pay Dak, have their quarterback of the future. They clear the books for with Amari's contract. Then they can sign Adams to that long-term deal. Then you have your franchise quarterback. You have two stud receivers in Michael Gallup and C.D. Lamb. And then you have Jamal Adams, and then that's looking like a pretty dangerous team. Uh, we wouldn't hear the end of it from these Cowboys fans. Oh, gosh, yeah. That's true. It's an outrage. Oh, that scenario that you just described, I'm sorry, but. It's stupid. Like, that hurt my head. <laughs> well, yeah. first, well, first off, it's going to be hard for any franchise to move a $100 million contract. And then on top of that, Amari Cooper is very inconsistent. Like, he'll have one year where he'll just dominate. Yep. He'll Health be one of the concerned. top receivers in the NFL. And then the next year, dropping football, not focused, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, this past season, he was excellent. He was on top of his game. But now he's gotten paid. So are we going to see the same Amari Cooper? See what I'm that's saying? The, that's like, a million-dollar question right there. That's the $100 million question. <laughs> there you well, go. Um, you know, Amari Cooper might be dropping more balls considering uh, he's playing against Darius Slay. Uh, True. Two times, two times a season now. Yep, yep. Uh, that'll hopefully um, help us with the Amari Cooper problem. I hope so. I, I, I agree, and that's that's definitely the goal. And uh, T, I got to say this real quick before we, we go into our next topic here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amari Cooper wanted to be in Dallas. You know, we were all talking to our free agency. Oh, maybe Amari Cooper, maybe Amari Mercy. Mm-hmm. Oh, Eagles. This man the whole time wanted to stay in Dallas, and that's one thing I think motivates him. Like, okay, I'm in Dallas. I'm in the place I want to be now. And, you know, I just personally feel like this guy's still pretty young and uh, he's got a lot left in the tank. And, you know, whatever situation plays out here now with Jamal Adams, because, listen, players run the league now. You know, look at Anthony Davis, right? One day, all of a sudden, boom, I want to trade. He's traded. And he wants to trade to the Lakers. Oh, okay, fine, no problem here. Go to the Lakers. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So when a player has the leverage like this, you know, he's just going to hold out. And, And the thing is, if he wasn't such a good player, it wouldn't be as big of a deal because it wouldn't be as big of a loss for the Jets. Correct. The fact that he, they can get a haul for him, the longer they wait to trade him, the less you know, the less value has. So they want to trade him immediately. Um, so it wouldn't be a surprise to me if, if he's traded within the next month, to be honest with you, before you know the training camp and all this stuff starts really? up. Um, so it's just a whole lot to play out in the NFL. Um, and even though you know it's not the number one sport that we're talking about right now, uh, at least in the world, because you know basketball playoffs start to start up hockey as well. Football dominates, man. I tell you, it, it dominates do. the headlines all the time. Still, at least majority of it. Yep. But let's 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 go to our last topic of the day here. I want to touch on our top ten running backs. You know, mm-hmm. last last show we did our quarterbacks. Um, touched on top five. This time we're gonna go top ten. So we're gonna look, go in a little deeper tonight. All right. Um, if, whoever wants to start, uh, it doesn't matter to me. T, or T, if you got yours lined up right in front of you, yeah, I got mine's run, lined up right in front of me. right now. All right, so I'm gonna knock mine's out real quick. Starting at number ten, um, I put a rookie. In the top 10. And I think he did have an impressive uh, rookie campaign. And that was Josh Jacobs of the Oakland Raiders. Mm -hmm. I mean, over, you know, 1,150 yards in 13 games. I think that's impressive for any running back, especially for a rookie. And number nine, um, an underrated running back who doesn't really get a lot of attention. Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers um, can light you up. It's a it's a shame that he doesn't get the ball more often because the ball is always in Aaron Rodgers' hands. But, you know, it is what it is. Joe Mixon. Having two 1,000-yard seasons, two out of his last three seasons, I think that is impressive. Um, Joe Burrow running that show now. It's yes. It's going to be better offense. Yes. That's going to open up a whole lot of things for Joe Mixon, I think. Um, number seven, another underrated uh, running back. I put Phillip Lindsay on the list. 
I so think he he's a very good. he's a dual threat running back. Um, he's one of those versatile running backs who cannot is not only good at running the football, he's also good at catching the football out of the backfield as well. Mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara ranked above him at number six. I have um, number five, Dalvin Cook. Now here's where things get tricky for me. I have a two way tie for the number three and number four spot. I have Saquon Barkley and I have Derrick Henry in those spots. It it for me it's difficult for me to decide who was over who mm-hmm. because they're both very, very powerful, very dominant players who lit up the NFL this past season, especially mm-hmm. Derrick Henry. Um number two, I have Ezekiel Elliott, unfortunately. Damn cowboys. <laughs> And um, for my number one spot is Christian McCaffrey. And the reason why I have him at number one is because of his versatility, as I described before with Philip Lindsay. But McCaffrey just takes it to a whole another level. Like you have to pay attention to McCaffrey where he's lined up. He lines up at receiver. He lines up at halfback. You know, you don't know on what play where he is, but you need to know where he is every single play where he lines up. You don't know what kind of formation, crazy formations you can come out with with uh, Christian McCaffrey. And, so. and, and, and listen, I want to mention this real quick. Like you said, Phil Lindsay, very underrated running back. He's in that uh, you know combination now with Melvin Gordon there in yes. Denver. That that ground game could be really difficult for defenses to you know scheme each week. Watch out for the Broncos this coming season, especially in a run game. I'll tell you right now, take nine out of ten of your names were in my top ten list. Ah. So I think great minds think alike here. Cool. Uh, Tanner, do you want? I, I'll go next if you want me to. If you want to, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, you, you can take it. All right, sounds good. Uh, I'll go number ten. Uh, I will start with James Conner. Now, James ah. Conner's been injured last two seasons, but I think this guy on pure talent can catch it out of the I hate you. and rush. Um, you know, takes over surprisingly immediate impact after Le'Veon Bell in Pittsburgh and was dominant from the get-go. Um, last year struggled a little bit. He got injured late in the season, but again. Uh, they just couldn't score points. You know, bad quarterback play as well. Juju Smith-Schuster had a horrible fantasy season. Um, but I think James Conner this year is going to bounce back in a big-time way. Still young. And uh, I think him coming in at number 10 on this list. Um, you know, people don't name him with one of the better running backs in the league, but I do think he's a top-10 running back. Number nine, Josh Jacobs. Mm-hmm. See, just like you said, man, this guy's still, I think, 22, 23 years old. I mean, yes. one of the younger running backs in the league. But, man, this guy's got a bright future ahead of him. And the Raiders possibly do as well, getting Henry Ruggs, that team. If, if I think one thing they're missing is the quarterback. Now, Derek mm-hmm. Carr, not saying he's horrible, but in order to take it to the next level and get to the playoffs, I think they're going to need a better quarterback, but that'll be in the years to come. John Green knows what he's doing. Mike Mayock, I think one of the better GMs in the league there in, in uh, Vegas now. I think that combination, head coach, GM combination is really good in, uh, for the Raiders. Ooh, Number yeah! Two, I'm going to go Nick Chubb here. I think Nick ah. Chubb, I know the Browns, you know, listen – the Browns are going to be the Browns regardless, you know, who knows each year, you know, they get OBJ Baker up and down season last year, but I think Nick Chubb just as an overall player, uh, if he were to get the boatload of carries and he does, but if he were to become the three down bell cow, I think he, his stats would show it, you know, cream hunt coming back in the middle of last season was tough for him. He didn't get, uh, nearly, you know, the, the amount of carries he did early in the season by that. I mean, you know, 22, 25 carries a game, which is a ton. That's what Josh Jacobs was getting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, I think on pure talent alone, yeah, number eight, Nick, Nick Chubb, definitely. Aaron Jones, number seven, stud. I think this guy's just going to get better. Yes. You know, Aaron Rodgers uh, and and not throwing the ball as much last season. Uh, also, Jamal Williams in that backfield for Green Bay. But, again, Aaron Jones led the led, uh, running backs in touchdown, rushing touchdowns last season. Um, 
I could argue he'll do it again this year. I think he's that good of a player. I come in with uh, Derrick Henry after that number six. Mm. Only reason he's at six here and mm. not higher up is because of the fact he doesn't catch passes. This guy's a bruiser on the ground, but as from a not, and not only from a fantasy perspective, even in the playoffs last season, didn't catch too many passes. But man, does he run it down the down the throats of defenses? Twenty plus times you, you can give it to this guy. He's not going to get tired or slow down, and he just keeps going. And then I'm going to go Alan Kamara after that, and reason being, both out of out of the backfield can catch it. Line up in a slot. I mean, this guy lines up in this slot as a receiver, and he can run. Only thing last year, he's got hurt. He lost Drew Brees for a few yeah. games there. It was tough for him. Um, but I think this season is going to be a turnaround. Be just based on the fact that Brees is going to be healthy. Could be his last season. Um, Michael Thomas, obviously, there as a big-time threat as well in that offense. We know it's Kamara. hard. Give me some Alvin Kamara there at number five. Alvin Cook, who we saw rumors this week. He wants that mega contract mm-hmm. uh, that came out in the news. But this guy came out of nowhere last season. Two years ago, this guy was hurt. We didn't hear a lot about him just based on the fact that uh, he was hurt. And on top of that, he didn't really produce. He was kind of, uh, you know, the, more of a th- throw-first offense for Kirk Cousins that had so many weapons. Kyle Rudolph was still really productive that year, and they had, you know, uh, Thielen and Diggs, obviously. Uh, but Dalvin Cook at number four. And then the top three, I'll round it out here in order. Zeke, I'll go Zeke three, Saquon two, and C-Mac number one. Those guys speak for themselves. Definitely the top three in the league, in my opinion. Um, and Chris McCaffrey – just a stat god. This guy puts up numbers that I've never seen before, and uh, I think he'll do it again this season. New head coach, new uh, new quarterback, but same talent was a Chris McCaffrey. Uh, he's still just getting started in this league. Still super young. Tanner, I'll throw it over to you. All right, so uh, I'm not going to bore everyone with going all the way in depth with all, all ten of my picks. So I'll go <laughs> ten through six, and then I'll go in depth with. Uh, I hope with I didn't bore everybody else. <laughs> Somebody took something out of that. I, I'm talking in, in depth stat wise, but we uh, so move it on ten sports. through six, I got Josh Jacobs, uh, Chris Carson, um, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, and Saquon Barkley. Really? Yeah, that's wow. that's my uh, you know six through ten. I'll go more in depth with number five, mm. Dalvin Cook. Uh, he's he's a Pro Bowler. Uh, his 2019 stats. Um, uh, he had uh, 1,135 rushing yards, 13 touchdowns. Uh, he caught for 519 yards. Um, he's 24 years old. These players, the the five of these players are all in their prime. And they're looking to have a, a great career in the NFL. Um, above Dalvin Cook, at number four, I have Nick Chubb. Really? Uh, Max went into it, how great he played. Uh, although he'll have Kareem Hunt there uh, taking some of the load, uh, which we're still not sure if, if uh, Kareem Hunt's going to play the way he was playing uh, for the Chiefs. He can't because he has competition like Nick Chubb. Right. Uh, Nick Chubb's a pro bowl. He was pro bowler this year. Uh, he has 1,494 rushing yards, eight touchdowns. Um, he didn't have as many uh, receiving yards. Stavin Cook, he had 278. And uh, he's a player that I think if he gets, uh, if he catches the ball more, uh, he'll be an explosive player. Um, he, you know, he's, this is his second year in the NFL. Um, and he's, he was just four yards short of a thousand his first season. 
Um, he's, he's looking to be a premium running back in the league, and I'm very excited to see where his uh, – uh, where it takes him in his career. And then at number three, I have Zeke. Um, three-time Pro Bowler, uh, one-time All-Pro. Um, he had 1,357 rushing yards. Kind of circumcised in the mosquito. And he had 420 receiving yards. See, you at come out of nowhere with those, I tell you. Come out of nowhere with those. At number two, I have big dog Derrick Henry. This guy's a beast, as Max said. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the rushing leader uh, this past season, um, which is also his first season as a pro bowler. Um, he had 1,540 rushing yards, mm-hmm. um, 16 touchdowns. He caught uh, 206 receiving yards and two touchdowns. And then – which we're all in agreement here. At number one, I have Christian McCaffrey. Uh, yeah. Um, he's a Pro Bowler, first team All Pro, which was all this year. His first Pro Bowl was this uh-huh. year. Um, one thousand three hundred eighty-seven rushing yards. He didn't have as much as um, as Derrick Henry, um, and he did. He had 15 uh, rushing touchdowns, and he he's a receiver too. I mean he he had he had the second most receptions in the entire league. Uh, just um just under um, Michael Thomas. Yeah. Um yeah he you know he caught four touchdowns. He's just explosive player. Uh, one of the best that we we've, we've seen in in a Recent while. memory. I yeah. hate you. Yeah. I agree. 100%. Since since I remember, yeah, definitely. But um, one player I do want to mention, um, which I don't think he's a top ten running back, mm-hmm. but a player that I'm surprised with, um, how how he's still producing is Adrian Peterson, mm. uh, who was once one of the best players in the league, uh, and now he's on the Redskins. Uh, he's in the decline. But he's not really declining. He has mid 800 yards uh, rushing this year. Um, he's he's still performing at an average level uh, for running backs, and he's what is he 34 years old? Yep. Adrian Peterson. Uh, he may be older than that. Uh, I don't know how. I'll have to look it up. But um. He's still producing, as I mentioned. I just think he's a player to mention. Not top 10, but he, he's up there. 35. And 35, okay. Yeah, he's um, Also, do you think Miles Sanders should be considered? Not in the top or 10. Maybe, maybe 12, top 12. Yeah, maybe if, if we went to top 15, then I think he would make all of our lists. But the fact that... Jordan Howard really got the bulk of the work in the beginning of the season, and then Miles Sanders pretty much picked up the slack yeah. the second but half of see, the season. But to see how Miles Sanders played after um, taking over for Jordan Howard and what it would have been if he played the entire season, I'm just excited to see what Miles Sanders does this season. Uh-huh. Although the sophomore slump is a thing, and uh, worried about that, but. I'm just excited to see what Miles Sanders does, and I mentioned how this Brandon Brooks injury will affect him too, mm-hmm. and I hope they uh, patch that hole up and um, and set Miles Sanders up for a good season. Oh, I got confidence Agreed. in my guy Matt Pryor. 
<laughs> we'll see. I'm going to add some. Uh, I just had some people on this list. I, I want to na- mention one name specifically here, Austin okay. Eckler. I think Austin Eckler, ah. Alvin Gordon's not there. I think this guy's going to get a lot of carries. I think he's a really good, talented player, and he's going to show this season as well. Um, Miles Sanders, listen, I got. No, I think this guy's going to be really talented uh, for years to come. I just know that Doug Peterson, we all know it, he doesn't really have that bell caliber running back. He likes to rotate guys. So I, I expect to see, you know, Boston Scott involved in a decent amount of games. Um, as well in the schemes, but uh, on pure talent alone, Tanner, yeah, I, I think in a, if, it, if we go top 15, yeah, he would probably make um, all of our lists um, hands down. I think, especially in the future, listen, we're only going off of what one season here, mm-hmm. but down the road, yeah, this guy, uh, and, and again, listen, if he shows out next year and becomes a thousand yard rusher, uh, you get Doug Peterson, you know what? I know he likes to rotate running backs, but if this guy shows out again and does it for full 16 games, then yeah. Give me, give me Miles Sanders. Give me, give me the carries and and get him out there all three downs because he he produces regardless. No more Darren. Sproles, I want you know. winners. No more Darren Sproles on the third down roll there. So um, we'll see what happens. T, I want to see and Tanner. If you have anything else you want to say and add uh, before we get out of here, I know it's ten oh three, but um, give you guys the last words of the show. Oh, so you got anything? Uh, no news on hockey really. No. Uh, uh, we're missing Chris this week. He's usually the guy to bring it up. Hockey's the one thing that's like, okay, we're setting in stone. Let's go. Hockey's right. rolling. Missing my guy, Chris. You piece of Swiss cheese. All right, there we go. We get a little Chris to end the show. <laughs> that's the best way to end it. All right. All right. All right, T. Let's, let's shut it down. All right. You guys missed any of this episode, you can always go to philly-experience.simplecast.com. Available on all major platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Pandora, the whole shebang. We're also live on Twitch as well. So check us out. And listen, everybody, as we continue to, you know, say week in and week out, we wish everybody to stay safe. And, you know, listen, let's just let's preach togetherness, please. Mm -hmm. Let's just let's come together. Come together. Let's let's put our differences aside. Let's finally let's let's just come together. As one people. And wear masks. (laughs) Wear Wear masks. Yes, please wear a mask. All right, everybody, stay safe. We'll see you next time. Not giving Jerry Jones my money. (laughs) That guy. My turn. Take me out, coach. We'll be right back.